Argentina even saying the word sound romantic. And it's located at the bottom of South America, as we all know, and has an extraordinary landscape. And there are so many reasons to visit. Buenos Aires is a beautiful capital city that's known for amazing food and architecture. Then you have UNESCO World Heritage Sites like the famous Iguazu Falls and Perito Moreno Glacier. I like to say it like that. Argentina is also home to the southernmost city in the world, Ushuaia. Mm. And guess who's been there? Of course you have been. Mm. And you are going to lapse into your Spanish Portuguese (laughs) speaking as you Mm. always do. Off you well, go. Well, that's a good opportunity for you to speak some Italian, Julia, because there's very strong Italian influence in um, there is Argentina a, as well. But you'll correct me if I say anything in Italian and make it Spanish. Do you think, or, do you yes, think I'd you, do that? You would, oh. you would. Off you go, Ben. Tell us all about your visit there and make us feel as though we need to go there absolutely well, on the weekend. Well, you do need to go, Julia. Um, yes. It, it is a beautiful country and, um, yeah, I was lucky enough to spend a, a few weeks there actually, sort of more or less travelling from um, south to north. Um, in so, Argentina? Yes, yeah, in Argentina. What's the distance? Yeah, look, if you were to travel north to south or south to north, it would be a journey of something like 3,500 kilometres. So quite a substantially sized country. It's a big one, yeah. Because we, we, we talk about South America and forget how enormous the countries within South America are. Hmm. It's it's such a big place. Now, off you go, Ben, your favourite memories of Argentina. Yeah. Argentina. There's, there's lots of them, actually, Julia. I mean, yeah. it's um, given its size, there's... Um, it's, you know, it's landscapes and it's cities vary quite a lot. So you've got everything from um, Patagonia, so effectively kind of frozen seascapes, like, wow. the, you know, lakes districts with glaciers in them, incredible national parks and Because you head and, down to Antarctica from there too. Yeah, you? so yes. you mentioned Ushuaia. Um, yeah. yeah, that's an important leaping off point for Antarctica, which I'm sure we'll talk about in, a, in another episode. Um, so from... Um, the glaciers in the south to the incredible waterfalls in the north. I think it's really nice that those two extraordinary experiences are both water-based and yet they're completely, completely different. Um, and everything in between makes for a pretty um, astonishing um, journey. Now, road journey for you, did you take a tour? How did you get, uh, did you fly? What What's the best we, way to get that we, distance, Ben? We did a bit of everything. Um, the long-distance buses, and this was true for most of the places we went to in South America, are really very good, very comfortable. In fact, in Argentina, we did a overnight bus journey that had recliner seats effectively into a kind of bed situation with a meal service and uh, wine. So we were perched at the front, uh, upstairs at the front of a very comfortable long distance bus, um, drinking wine and eating and having a jolly good time. So A party um, on the move as it were. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. We we did behave ourselves. We didn't want to cause too much of a ruckus. But um, long distance buses are great. There are flights between all major cities and loads and loads of options for small group touring as well. So when you're touring, Ben, what are you looking at? What is the, Give us a picture of the scenery that you're going through. So, so we, it, roughly you're not going to do the three changes, changes, changes dramatically, yet. right? Yes. And I mean, we can we can kind of talk about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the in the south, it's you know cold that Patagonian kind of uh, grasslands with um, mountains in the distance and incredible rivers and lakes and that that kind of um, that Swiss-like. Kind of, are less Swiss there as you go north into the Lakes District around the city of Bariloche, which is this is where you really start feeling like you're in Switzerland or in the you know the Italian Alps or something. So not just the landscape, but the architecture reflects that kind of heritage as well. And Bariloche it's, in particular, it's European. Oh, style. very European. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. And um, yeah, Bariloche is famous because for is, us. It, is it 
Is the architecture, sorry for interrupting you, is it Spanish-like? Or? No, not there. No. no. So elsewhere, absolutely, there yes. are these very Spanish colonial cities. And this feels alpine. feels like oh, wow. almost get... quite contemporary alpine um, Europe. Yeah, and famous for chocolate and ice cream. So you can have a very nice stay in places like Bariloche. Um, you can then go up into the kind of foothills of the Andes around Mendoza, which is a fantastic wine-growing area where the Malbec grapes come from. So some extraordinary kind of food and wine experiences there. Um, and then further north, things start getting quite dry. So as you're approaching um, Bolivia, so a really extraordinary um, um, earthy colours, very, very dry kind of landscape. Again, some fantastic wine being grown up there. Um, so, yeah, really, look, really, really diverse, uh, as you would expect, I guess, over a country of, of that kind of size. Now I want you to go right back down to Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Isn't there something special that was born there that we should all know about and that we should all be able to do, Ben? Does it take two, Julia? It does take mm. two, Ben. I'll mm. go on, off you go and mm. tell us about that. Yes, well, yes. I mean, Argentina is famous for a few things, uh, the yes. tango and uh, gauchos as well. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the tango is, you do get a real sense of the tango in Buenos, in Buenos Aires. Um, you know, there are, depending on which kind of neighbourhoods you're in, you might, there's always people kind of dancing, uh, but, you know, more or less in a kind of busking kind of situation. But, yeah, yes. beautiful, beautiful um, dance and a great thing to kind of experience um, outdoors in some of those gorgeous so um, is, neighbourhoods. Does, does that mean that you're hearing the music as you yeah. walk around Buenos Aires? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not everywhere, of course, yes. but yeah, no, it's it's certainly part of the experience. Did you pick up anybody and spin them around, Ben, while you were shopping? <laughs> I'm not much of a dancer, Julia. Not much of a no, not much of a um, a dancing. Oh, oh, look, I can dance, right? But just not with someone. Do you know what I mean? So, so your tango is not really my thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Ben? I'm going to say, luckily, we've got people we're going to be speaking to mm. on the show today about <laughs> Argentina and everything that goes on in there. Uh, I'm really disappointed you're not a tango dancer. Anyway, let's let's. Well worth going back, perhaps, and doing a tango class. There are plenty. That's that's certainly one of the uh, very popular um, activity for yes. visitors. And you move know. from food on a stick to a tango. Be my know with it. Yes. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Definitely food on a stick. Lots of um, grilled meats and those yes. kind of things. So that that does excite me, as you might imagine. Um, and yeah, food food's food's great. They are big, big meat eat, meat eaters. So lots of um, well, gaucho country. It's cowboy country, absolutely. which is in cattle stations, and yeah. they must be enormous down there too. Yeah, so fantastic um, beef, amazing red wines um, and white wines, and um, a great snack that you kind of see everywhere through. Actually, all all kind of through Latin America, and every sort of city and country will have their own version of it. Is the empanada, like a little folded pastry thing, and Cheap as chips and absolutely delicious. And full of beef. Um, not always beef. Chicken, um, occasionally, you know, sometimes I'll have a hard-boiled egg in it and an olive oh, and all go. kinds of things. Yeah, really, really. It's always a bit of a surprise as to what, well, what's going to be in it. Bit you, like a pie. Talking about food on a stick, my dream is to dance the tango with the gaucho. <laughs> with the gaucho? Yes. Okay. Bringing the tango world and the gaucho world yeah, together. Yeah, together. You can imagine, can't you, how good I, that would I'm be? I'm just trying to work out where the, where the horse is in all this. Um. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just standing by. Yeah, exactly. yes. Just watching, <laughs> admiring the yes. scene. Yeah, With good. a fancy saddle. Very good. On to our guest, Ben. Terrific. Let's go. We're absolutely thrilled to have Tig Martin in the studio today, who is very well acquainted with Argentina. 
Tig spent about three years leading grand tours across South America from Colombia down to Ushuaia, which is at the southern tip of Argentina. All amazingly romantic countries, all very exciting destinations. So, Tig, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Can you tell us um, just a little bit more about particularly your time in Argentina, what that was like and what you love about the place? Yeah, well, I spent a long, long, long time just sort of traipsing my way back and forth, crisscrossing up and down Argentina. It's a amazing country that's so incredibly diverse in terms of its landscapes. It's really dry and deserty and then they've got the grasslands and then there's the beautiful Patagonian mountains. It's got a little bit of everything. I went down to Patagonia. Um, I saw the wine regions. I learned, and probably the best thing, I learned how to make a proper Argentinian asado, which is a mm. skill that has carried me through my life quite Which well. Off barbecue. you go. It's a barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so describe it a little more. It's for basically us. just a barbecue, uh, except that you cook the meat, a massive hunk, not a steak, mm-hmm. um, and you cook it over coals for hours and hours and hours. Coal and seems to be the secret and lots yeah. of salt. Lots and lots of salt. Mm. And it's just amazing. Um, and it was, it's more about the process. Slowly doing it, and you just quietly go about it. Have everyone arrived about four hours before the meal is served? That sounds really good. It's it's great. Does that does that in a funny way depict the way the Argentinians work socially? Is it all slowly, yes, and full of enjoyment and companionship? Is that part and parcel of the culture down there? Absolutely. The Argentinians are all about their family. Um, They all tend to stay quite close to their family, and if they aren't near them, they travel regularly to see the family. If you go north, you've got Aguazi Falls, which borders both um, Brazil, Argentina and Paraguay, mm-hmm. and the, that's the actual um, edge. Yes. And so you can go up there, visit those which are spectacular, 128 individual waterfalls there, sort of jungly feel. Yeah. And then you can head to the opposite of that, which is down the south, to Perito Mourinho Glacier. Unbelievable. Is, oh, my goodness. Sorry. It is 150 <laughs> metres high, <laughs> that thing. Yeah. I mean, half of it's under the water, but it's this huge, white, blue, beautiful expanse. I think it's about five kilometres across at the front, and it's just spectacular. It's as far as I'm aware, the only advancing mm-hmm. glacier in the world. I was just going to say, does it move, this yeah. glacier? Yes. And in a big way. It and does. it's coming towards Argentina or is it moving away? No. It's within it. It's in it's the very yeah. centre of it. So this is down the south um, right. in, the very, in Patagonia. And you can go and stand on these boardwalks which have the huge big ice face right in front of you and you go in the morning and it's beautiful and then as the day goes on you start hearing these cracks mm, as it warms and they up and grow and grow and grow and then the sort of game is to stand there and try and figure out where they're coming from so that you can see that moment and then all of a sudden a huge chunk will just fall off and plummet into the water and it's pretty, it's pretty special and can be a bit Frightening. Yeah, say it yeah. does sort of make you recoil mm. a little bit. Is there enough of it to melt for the next couple of hundred years and drop? Uh, or yeah. something unique about this one, and um, that the the front edge of it advances and advances and advances until it reaches the land, and it dams up the lake, right? Yeah. And the water rises behind it until the weight of the water is too much for the glacier, and then the entire front wall of the glacier collapses in this enormous kind of chaotic scene 
I don't, that might happen every five years or I something. I think so, or? yeah. And it's the big, that's a massive photographer stream oh, yeah. and they spend weeks there just hoping they can capture it. No. <laughs> so so in between, um, because they're the extremes, what, what else would you be visiting in Argentina that would just make your stay amazing? I don't wine know about region. you, Tig, yeah, but I'd be going to Mendoza for yep. some wine, for example. Ben is a lot about the wine. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, it's a really wonderful part of the world for wine. They have their own grapes. So there's the Malbec, which is from Mendoza, and they specialise in that, and it, that's getting more and more popular around the world. Um, but when you go there, you discover that there are – a hundred times more wineries than we have access to. Uh, and so it's really nice to go there and experience the boutique wineries. And a lot of those um, older ones are starting to now realise the value of tourism and that a wine tour isn't necessarily just a two-hour experience, but they're offering a, a chance to go and stay on the winery for a weekend where they get you in, into the factory and they show you how it's all done and they show you the um, the vineyard but then they will also introduce a food aspect of it where maybe you'll do a cooking class and you'll do degustation or something like that and also get to stay in a beautiful spot looking out over the, the vineyards. <gasps> and pretty divine, it's pretty Julia. special. Can um, I ask you first before I ask Tig, no, I'll ask you Tig, what oh. do we like to do on the, on the program for the Alice? is to talk about singular moments that we have when we're travelling, that one-off three-second or 30-second experience that just stands out in your mind is beyond anything else. If you had to describe yours in Argentina, what would it be? I went to a place in um, Cafajate, which is a second wine region in the mm. north. Um, they specialise in a grape called Torontes and went there and it's this beautiful valley and then it has massive big red and white and somehow blue streaks through it, um, these mountains. And I went to a beautiful winery up there and I had a six-course degustation with wine <laughs> wow. things, mm. and it cost me um, 60 Australian dollars. Yes. And it was so special sitting out on the veranda and the um, waiters came and explained every dish and explained why they had the wine with it. So mm. what were you looking out over? The vineyards and yes. then up. To Are they the rolling hills and no? Sort of it's a valley, flat it? valley, mm. and then you've got the beginning of the Andes coming up in the distance. In yes. the distance, and there, um, it's quite an arid mm. climate, and so it's this red and white and you know strangely blue and grey lines through the mountains. So they're quite beautiful, and there's just this impossibly blue sky above because mm. it doesn't rain an awful lot there. Just what they need for the grapes. What about you, Mister? Yeah. What, what, oh, well, what's that, been you? That damn yeah. glacier, Julia. Mm. For starters, is yeah. astonishing when you first lay eyes on that, and you just keep getting closer and closer and closer to it, and it just gets larger and larger and larger. It's hard to get your head around how tall that wall of ice is. Is astonishing, but also up in Cafayate, mm. we may have been walking towards the same vineyard. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but we stumbled on this field of drying chilies, so acres and wow. acres of, <laughs> of hand-sized chilies just drying in the sun and the smell of that and, 
you know, picking them up and, and they were sort of translucent. And mm. you mentioned that blue sky. I kind of went, wow, what is this place? Yeah. Amazing. So Argentinian food, is it similar to the rest of South America? Is it like the food in Brazil? Is it like the food in um, Chile and Peru? It's probably most similar to Brazil in right. that they have a big meat focus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, red meat, cows are huge in Argentina. It's one of their biggest industries. It's a very international cuisine that's available and they have a lot of very good restaurants and so you can get incredible Italian food mm. because they do have that heritage. And then you've got the the steak and the wine, but you've also got vegetarian sides to that. You can have salads and interesting things. They have in- amazing um, Patagonian lamb and they also mm. do Patagonian trout, which is delicious. Mm. Is yeah. is Argentina the cowboy country that we mm. we There's see? A lot of gauchos there. Yeah. A lot of gauchos. Mm. Gauchos. Yes, yeah. you um, pronounced it for me earlier. Well, that was the Brazilian pronoun the Brazilian pronunciation. <laughs> but he's not allowed to say that. And when we talk about Argentina, is he so gauchos? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and that's because a lot of gauchos because it's beef country. Yes, so big. Cattle stations, because yeah. the country is big enough to have mm. them. Yes, mm. sprawling across beyond the vineyards. Mm. Yes, they have yes. a huge amount of land, and um, yeah, being a farmer is it's a massive part of Argentinian life. Um, and I recommend going to visit an estancia. I was going to ask, it's, is that a, a, can yeah. you have a gaucho experience? Yes, you can, you can. Yeah. and you don't have to be a horse rider to sort it out. Um, That's lucky. Yeah, I'm not. You, uh, there's obviously terrific horse riding. Um, places that you can go but there's also the option just to go and experience like rounding up cows and not just that but just staying in a lovely Mm. estancia out in the middle of nowhere where you can appreciate the remoteness and how hard life must have been a hundred years ago when they established them. Estancia, is that the word for station? I think so, yeah. Yes, it mm-hmm. basically be, means yes. farm. But, yeah. you know, it would be wonderful to go horse riding. Can you, can you, well, you've, you've been down there I'll and seen it. I'll sit on the balcony, Julia, with the oh, wine. I will wave. the ponies. Yeah. As I just wander off yeah. into the distance yeah. with a gaucho. Yeah, yes. exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that would be a very good yeah. thing. So it, because Argentina is such a big place, what would be the number of days that you would suggest people plan for? Like regular humans with regular holidays. I think that you could do it in, I'd say two weeks would be a nice Two to length. three weeks. Yeah. Like weeks. Longer would be better, mm. but two weeks you could go and experience Buenos Aires. Uh, you could go down and see Perito Mourinho. Nearby to that is um, Mount Fitzroy, which is in El Chalten beautiful, beautiful mountain range. And then you could go to the wine regions, have a bit of a relax, a chill, and then head on home and you'd be pretty, pretty happy. What are the, um, some of the kind of must visit neighborhoods in Buenos Aires? What are some of the places people should Okay, so they've got, Buenos Aires is incredible. I love it so much. They call it the Paris of the South because it has, the cobblestone streets and the little tiny cafes and the oh, incredible no. architecture, which you could be in Paris. Um, it's a really, really special place to go. And then you've got the distinct neighbourhoods. So there's La Boca, who are there. That was like the working class Italian 
support workers who were out there um, and they started painting their houses with whatever leftover paint that they had, which was like yellow and green and blue and purple. Mm. So now it's all multicolored and that was sort of the birthplace of tango. Wow. They started that. And you can go there and you, they're, they're tangoing in the streets. Um, you can have a great meal, buy some souvenirs. It's really nice. And then go up to uh, Recoleta, which is where they have the massive cemetery. And that's where um, Evita Perón mm-hmm. is buried. And you can go and see her grave. And that's got more of a sort of upscale neighborhood feel. And then there's Palermo, which is the Bohemian area with their galleries and cafes and amazing restaurants and bars where you just walk down the street and there's these huge trees everywhere and you just think should we should we stop and have a quick glass of wine of course yes we'll do that and it's just great to wander around and experience it a few days think? in Buenos Aires. Ab- so def- definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And, and yeah. even it on its own, would, if you had no more time, would nearly do it. To just take away from the leisurely aspect and shall we stop and have a glass of wine, is the public transport system <laughs> absolutely fine or is walking the way to go? Do you mean in Buenos Aires? Yes. Um, I've always taken the metro. Yeah, it's quite a good metro. Yeah, the metro is pretty accessible. Apart from that, the traffic is usually the biggest problem that you might be better off taking a taxi, but it will take you twice as long. So, and apart from that, um, walking is quite good, but it is a huge city. But yeah. What are you thinking, Joy? You... Oh, I'm just picturing it. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm thinking La Boca is, uh, it translates, does it, to mean the mouth, if Correct. that's the port. Yeah. Yeah. And I would dearly love to see those multicolored homes. But just it must be just extraordinary. Mm, of course, it gives birth to the tango if that's yeah. what's going on. Yeah. It sounds like the most amazing destination. I don't think people should miss out on no, this fascinating. one. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Tig, amazing. Thank you very You've much. Taking us away again, Tig. Yes, Thank no you. Much appreciated. So, can you tell us where our listeners can find out more about Argentina? So, we arrange tailor made travel to South America at Eclipse Travel. It's in the city, in Sydney. Uh, you can find us on Facebook or Google or at eclipsetravel.com.au. Amazing. Thank you very much. What do you normally say at the end of a Spanish-speaking? Muchas gracias. There he goes. He shows Buenas his language of Tig. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, a bit of Italian. Grazie if they're Grazie. over there as well. Grazie, ciao. Yes, ciao, baci. Ben, Ben, today, another good one. You know how we have good ones. This is another really good one. Yeah, looking forward to this one. And we'll be talking about Argentinian cuisine with restaurateur Elvis Abrahanovich, who co-owns a very popular Argentinian restaurant in Sydney called Porteño. Fantastic. Ben, did I say that correctly? I think you did, yeah. Thank you very much. Elvis, would you like to tell us a little bit about your background and your first encounters with Argentinian food then? Well, my first encounter is uh, I grew up in Argentina. I was born in Australia, but my parents are both Argentinian, um, but from different backgrounds. So my dad's background is Polish. My mum's background is uh, Italian and Spanish. They were both both born in Argentina. Oh, you've got Um, a lovely mix of cultures. You're very lucky. Oh, well, that's most people in in Argentina, especially Buenos Aires. It's a very mixed sort of European background and culture. A lot of people migrated there after the war and 
it's not uncommon. Elvis, you, you just described even if just within your family the range of um, and the depth of cultural influences in Argentina. Does that play out in Argentinian cuisine? Yeah, more so in uh, in Buenos Aires, uh, in the capital. Um, that's where sort of that more mix mash. You get a lot of uh, Italian and Spanish sort of heritage coming through, and so things like pasta and stews and all that kind of stuff are. Uh, so moving more towards, you know, outside of Buenos Aires, more to the south or more towards the Andes, you get more of the sort of like native sort of influences. So what are some yeah, of the, so, the things people absolutely should try when they visit Argentina? Well, barbecue, 100%. That's something they do all over the country. And, um, yeah, you just have to try the barbecue meat, the quality of the product and the way they cook it is like nowhere else. And dulce de leche, of course, which mm. is like the like a sweet caramel jam. Not together, but <laughs> yeah, you should definitely try the two of them. So what is it about the method of cooking that barbecue that really sort of makes makes it stand out? The cuts they use, obviously, and I think the, the way they cook uh, meat, um, they like, are famous for cooking like the whole animals uh, over a big fire, and um, that's that's something we do at the restaurant as well, and um, it's, it's spectacular to see and and uh, delicious to eat and just also the the cuts like nothing goes to waste so like the beef ribs a lot of um a lot of offal mm. all that all those kinds of things it's funny because you go to a butcher shop there and they're the things that sell out faster you know and before before like you know you feel it and your sirloin and stuff like that so. yeah i remember having sitting down to a, a mixed grill in salta right up in the north and the first plate came and it was all awful it was oh. all, all and you know kind of filled up on that and then when that was taken away all the beautiful prime cuts landed afterwards it was like so was it delicious right. because of how it was yeah, 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 yeah. yeah i mean it was just the way that that it served you know in that in that neck of the woods and uh yeah it was a surprise and i you know, couldn't touch the second plate it was full <laughs> yeah but delicious yeah amazing there you go so what is that brains and and no it was more tripe uh, and things know, uh, yeah, more obviously. intestines, more it'd be like the sweet bread, more like the kidneys, which um, when they're done right, they're um, really good. And do, do those kind of things appear on the menus at Porteño? Yeah, we do. We always have like the blood sausage on that's been on the menu. Um, we make our own uh, chorizo. We sometimes, whenever we can get sweet bread, they're, they're usually on the menu. The, um, the actual national dish of Argentina is a stew called locro, and it's eaten uh, usually at festive times. Um, and it's just a stew that contains uh, different parts of like pork and beef and sausages, chickpeas and a few native potatoes and um, tripe and things like that. And uh, it takes a bit of a process to make and it's really delicious. And I think that's a must try thing. Uh, also, the empanadas are great, sort of like our version of a of a pie. Mm. And it has minced meat in it, onions, uh, boiled eggs and olive. That's usually the... Sounding the pretty classic, good. But there's uh, variations of it. Do you have them at Porteño? Uh, yeah, my mum makes them. Okay, uh, they're not on the menu at the moment, but uh, some, once in a while, like my mum will like to make make a whole bunch. She also makes um, the chimichurri for us. Uh, chimichurri is like a parsley uh, vinaigrette that you put on the meat. We don't usually marinate the meat when we cook it. We usually just put salt and um, cook them on the fire. And then we, if you want, some people put like, the chimichurri on it, it's like parsley, oregano, oil, vinegar, garlic, and sometimes chili in it. You mentioned um, mm. dulce de leche earlier. Um, can you describe how that's, mm-hmm. how that's um, 
served, how, you know, what's it served on and maybe even how you make it? The process, I mean, a lot of people here just do the boiled condensed milk and you get sort of like that thick caramel. But traditionally, it's uh, just milk and sugar cooked um, very slowly for a long time uh, on a double boiler usually um, in copper. And uh, the results are quite different. Um, and there are a lot of different uh, variations of, of the of dulce de leche. So in Argentina, there'll be lots of different brands. Um, they'll make smooth ones. They'll make uh, all different types of like textures to it. Some uh, mainly just used for pastries, and some just to just uh, spread on things and Chuck on your toast there's uh, in the lots morning. of different. They're obsessed <laughs> with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Is that one we we like to give our listeners a simple recipe that they can make at home? Is dulce di leche one of them? Yeah, I think chimichurri is probably the best recipe because. Uh, the ingredients are available. They're very simple ingredients. Uh, you can make, you know, a, a fair amount of it and it keeps for a very long time in your fridge. Then if you're cutting up all those vegetables, what are other good side dishes that you recommend for barbecues that come straight out of the heart of Argentina? Uh, so uh, every time we have a barbecue at home or in the restaurant, we do the same thing. We always barbecue peppers and eggplant. That's a staple as well. So we usually put them straight on the coal sometimes for the eggplant and the peppers we barbecue over charcoal. And then we just uh, peel them and just marinate them in just like olive oil, uh, salt, and sometimes garlic on it. Yeah, so it's quite simple. We don't we don't mess around with things too much. We kind of like to taste what we're eating and don't um, – yeah, we don't, we don't uh, hide the flavors with uh, too many dressings or sauces or anything like that. I had some very, very good um, chocolate and ice cream in Argentina and the dulce de leche. Are there some other really well-known desserts? Uh, yeah, the ice cream is exceptionally good, uh, I think. Um, yeah, the dairy being so good and, and also the fruit. Um, definitely there's ice cream places all over the, all over the, um, all over Argentina and uh, all exceptional. Um, one of my favourite flavours uh, is kumquat and whiskey. Oh. And... Uh, what else? Oh, that's the one I always get, kumquat and whiskey. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't think there's too much whiskey in it, though. Um, <laughs> what else? Uh, alfajores is a, like a traditional uh, biscuit filled with dulce de leche, two, two biscuits with dulce de leche in the middle and usually coated in chocolate or mm. in like an icing sugar. And they're sold as almost like, I guess, like a chocolate bar. So there's like kiosks pretty much on every corner. It doesn't matter where you live and you can, they've got, they always sell the essentials like candy, cigarettes and alcohol pretty much um, and fireworks during the festive season. So places like that, as a kid, you run to the shop and um, buy a few alfajores. Yeah, and, uh, and then there's facturas as well, which is like uh, your classic sort of uh, uh, bakery. So uh, all the bread in Argentina is mainly yeasted. So your bakery would bake twice a day, early in the morning and then in the afternoon. So you go get your bread in the morning and then again for dinner in the afternoon. But they also do an array of uh, of pastries like croissants and all all kinds of different stuff that um, you'll normally have sometimes for breakfast. Yeah, so I guess that's the, the things to look out for and they're everywhere. So, If you were giving somebody an elevator pitch about Argentina and the food, Elvis, what would you be saying to, con- to, to convince uh, them that they were going to be thrilled that they chose Argentina to visit? 
Oh, you won't be uh, you won't be leaving hungry. That's for sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't be leaving hungry. There's like the food is uh, it's delicious, uh, and you know the people behind it all and people uh, are, are great as well. So um, you won't have a bad time. Elvis, thank you. It's been wonderful to talk to you. We're going to think about offal in a whole different way. Mm. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Ben, mm-hmm. wow. I'm going to put a smile on your face because it's time to talk about wine, glorious Ooh, wine again. Goody, goody, goody. But in one of the parts of the world that you love most, South mm-hmm. America. Oh, fab. And we'd like to welcome David Stevens Castro to the show. Now, David is an award-winning sommelier who has created beverage programs for five-star hotels and even served as an international wine judge. He's very good. Mm. Currently, he's a wine (laughs) consultant at his own company, Paired Media. David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for letting me be part of this show. It's an absolute pleasure. It's our our great, very great pleasure as well, David. David, Argentina is a massive wine producer. What can you tell us about the, I guess, the history of wine production in Argentina and is there anything specifically unique about it and what kind of cultural influences might we see in Argentine wine? In terms of the origin of the country or the wine production, it's very much built into the French bringing novel varieties into South America. And this... Did you know that, Ben? That... No, I, I thought it might have been the Italians, perhaps. I didn't know. Or the Spanish. At the same time as the Italians and the Spanish. Mm-hmm. But the novel grape varieties, the novel grape varieties came with the French. Mm. So the Italians, for instance, they brought like the Bonarda grape and the Sangiovese grape and the Sinamobro, or what is called Primitivo, also into or Sinfandel brought by the Italians. The Bordeaux grape varieties were thriving. And as a result, Malbec and Cabernet Sauvignon excel very, very well. That gives them like the flagship grape variety. I guess we know when we think about um, Argentina and its wine industry, we, we, we know about Mendoza, for example. Um, I remember bumping into or visiting some wineries way, way, way up north around Cafayate. Yeah. Um, what, what else? Uh, are they the two main areas or are there other uh, regions in Argentina that um, are growing grapes? Yeah, you mentioned perhaps the second most established region, which is in the north in Salta in the Cafayate region. Mm-hmm. Um, this is very desertic and high altitude and it could go to up to 50 degrees Celsius there. So mm. it's a very extreme wow. climate there. Yeah. Um, what is very cutting edge and perhaps not that much known is the Pinot Noir in Patagonia. And there are some pioneers there like Bodega Noemia or Chakra, which have been excelling with the Pinot Noirs and Malbecs from the Patagonia region. Wow. And that's that's cutting it. It's uh, Chubut region, which is interestingly enough, it's always when there is a lot of wind, the Pinot Noir is very good. With <laughs> a lot of wind. That, yeah, yeah, and that's um, very much uh, what's happening in Patagonia and the quality. It makes the wines to be very floral and very vibrant and bright. Uh, you could see in like in, in regions like Mornington Peninsula, for for instance, which is also a very windy region. 
and you will find this very vibrant, lifted fragrance of the Pinot Noirs. Now, just just um, going a little further, you're a master at food and wine pairings. What would you suggest in Argentina? There are some really nice uh, sparkling wines coming out of Argentina. Uh, producers like Ortuzar, which is fantastic, or Chandon even. They got a subsidiary in Argentina, mm. which produces outstanding um, sparkling wines. So they got also beautiful oysters. So there's the sparklings, particularly with oysters and seafood, are fantastic. And not often people try these sparklings because they don't know how they're good they're going to be, but actually they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The quality of sparkling wines in Argentina is very, very good. So that with ceviche, I also recommend, because they, they produce ceviche as well as in the other South American countries, with torrontes, which is this grape that, is widely planted in the north in Cafayate. What I'm saying widely is not really like the Barossa. This is in the desert, so mm. it's still limited production of this grape variety, and it's very masculine, it's very fresh and acidic. Um, now, salmon in the south, in Patagonia, you find that the Chardonnays producing Mendoza are normally quite rich sort of Chardonnays. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be very compact, uh, quite fruit-forward, uh, most of the time, these wines have received extensive old aging. So um, I would recommend this to be with some creamy dishes as well. I just want to recommend things that are outside of the beef and lamb grill that we all know that mm-hmm. Malbec is terrific. Mm-hmm. But there are other dishes and other wines. So the reason why I'm suggesting this, there is this particular wine variety called Bonarda, which is normally like an easy drinking type of wine. Like vino de mesa, it's, it's a vino vino di tavola. It's just a simple wine. Uh, this is a fresh light wine. A lot of like um, for we like a gamay noir, for instance, in Beaujolais. It's, it's, it's kind of similar to that. And this with charcuterie and dry meats is terrific. They call it tablas in Argentina. With tablas para picar, it's like go and finger food in a big massive board. Of uh, small goods to share, so you find that there is definitely more, more, more than just Malbec and Cabernet Sauvignon with meat. Um, We cannot, we must not forget the excellent work from producers of Chakra or Noemia with Pinot Noir in the Patagonia, and this will go absolutely amazing with Dag and Venison from the region. So, yeah, I try to mix it up and not just to state the obvious from Argentina. I hope I did that. <laughs> no, you did. You should, you, we, we could listen to you forever, not necessarily about your information, David, but your accent. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's been amazing talking to you about all of that. Well, some d- of those food and wine pairings sounded oh, don't they? delicious. Sparkling wine and oysters, mm-hmm. they'll do. Vino di tavola. Mm. Beautiful. Yes. The Bonarda, yeah. Bonarda. I remember That's that. That's the name. Thank you, David. Um, amazing journey. Uh, a lot of information in there. So listeners, will, um, we'll try and pop all of that in the in the show notes. David, can you just uh, remind us where we can find more information about you after the podcast? Yeah, you can find us online in Pair Media, which is paired-media.com.au. Mm-hmm. Paired as in P-A-I-R-E-D. Paired. That's correct. Yes. From for pairing, pairing food and wine. Pairing food and, and wine. So, there you go. Yeah, 
So you will find us there, and it's got all the contacts on social media. You'll find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me in the podcast. David, Absolute it's been pleasure. a pleasure to talk to you. Thank, Thank you very much. Thanks, David. Right. Los culpables son tus ojos para que me abra mirado. Ben, you know what? This is just such a wonderful pastime, sitting here and talking about it. Not quite as good as going, but however... It's up there. Uh, it is, isn't it? Mm. Enough to feel the travel soul, I mm-hmm. have to say. So um, I totally enjoy it. Thank you for all your information no too. I love nothing more than a good bit of travel natter. Me too. Mm. Yes. Mm. And you're good at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And listeners, don't forget to rate, review and subscribe and uh, tell your friends and family all about Taste Bud Traveller. And we love hearing from you. So be sure to leave comments wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we look forward to taking you on another journey soon. See you later, Ben. Ciao. And listeners, bye. Bye.